Hello there and welcome to Film Raw here at Bunkerzilla UK. It is the place, of course, where we roar at the latest movie releases out there from the cinematic world. I am your host as always, Ian Bolton, and I'm joined for a fleeting visit as he travels back from Manchester all the way down to Southampton. It's Christian R. Allen. Raw. Uh, that, 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 that was more encouraging than last times we've been trying to do rolls. <laughs> that was just the sound of me bombing down the M6 to get here, obviously. <sighs> we were meant to be doing this um, over Skype or Zoom or whatever you want to use tomorrow, but I realised that I'm driving past your house getting home, so I might as well just make a little detour. Yeah, makes sense. It does mean that my sat-nav was basically screaming, Go to Henley! Go to Henley! Where, where, I don't know, is Henley a real place or is it more of a state of mind? It's on a river. It's on a river. <laughs> Okay. Uh, listen, some listeners, I think you'll find it Henley on Thames, you know, home of the regatta. Is it? Is it? And uh, I it just have, have an indifferent shrug. Does it have an equal standing to stains on stains on Thames? I think it's part of the same bloody le- river, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, the Thames is quite long. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not just London. I, I do. I understand the geographical <laughs> realities of the River Thames, or as some people call it Thames, or water. <laughs> It's meant to be quite clean, the River Thames now. It's been a quite... I haven't gone to I check. Mean, I'm not... Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean... I don't, so that I, glass of water in front of you, that's not fresh Thames water from Henley? Probably not, no. Uh, shame. My, my bottled water is from, um, uh, it's from a lake called Smart Water. Ah, Lake Smart Water. Yeah. The best place to get your uh, vitamins and minerals and... Electrolytes. Oh, I, I don't know about that. It's just the cheapest one they had in the WH Smith on the services. To be oh, honest. fair enough. But anyway, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, very good. So my, my, I'm on a holiday at the moment, or I'm coming down from the holiday. I've just been walking along the Pennines with a couple of close friends. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we did I, I, We did watch... You know, we 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 actually watched um, Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, yes. Um, you know, James Dean, I, the iconic um, coming-of-age drama. And um, it's... it's it was quite interesting, actually, because I'd never actually seen it before. I, I was able to work out everything that was going to happen in the film from, from films that have clearly been influenced by it over the past, what, 60, 70 years now? And, um, yeah, it was, it was surpri- it surprised all of us, the kind of film it actually was. And, um, yeah, I really recommend it, really enjoyed it. But then we followed it up by watching um, the SpongeBob SquarePants musical. Oh, not not on the sponge on the run because I know we no have, no we no didn't no, have no, no 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 no. This is actual live production uh, where, okay. they, where they use human actors to that are dressed vaguely like the characters. Be, they're very recognisable. The actor who plays Squidward, he has a second pair of his trousers that are facing the wrong way behind him, and it make, creates the illusion of like several, like four legs travelling. Oh, okay, uh, it's it's very inventive, but it's also bl- bloody hilarious. Oh, that's it's good. Like the best. <laughs> it's the funniest thing to come out of SpongeBob and like. 15 years fair enough so yeah I really recommend that although I'm not, I think we I think we is that on is that on a streaming platform I or? don't think so. I think we watched it through um, not so straight cut oh yeah so slap on the wrist time well I, I wasn't I, I wasn't the host oh, <laughs> I was a guest so I'm, I'm not going to name names if the, poli- not- if the popo are listening Oh but no, like, it's the film police. <laughs> <laughs> I always imagine, me and my brother, we always, every time, because when the early DVDs came out, you would have the, this is DVD, and this is what happens if you rip off DVD. Was it the one before the, you wouldn't steal a car? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't You wouldn't steal a policeman's helmet. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you go to the it crowd, in my head, I was looking at the figure of the meme, you wouldn't download a bear. <laughs> That's an old meme now. That's about 10 uh, years, that one. Gosh. Uh, My first thought when I saw that meme was, yeah, I totally would download a bear. <laughs> who, the, who the flip wouldn't download a bear if they could? And, uh, and all of a sudden, the moment the download complete, it completed, the bear just smashes its hand out of the screen <laughs> and just like, mauls you. But then you'd face the consequences of your action and there'd be a, you know, a significant life lesson learned. Uh, Don't download, download bears illegally. <laughs> pay pay for your bear through legal street streaming services like Spotify or iTunes. <laughs> there we go. Important lesson of the podcast <laughs> as we've just started. Don't download bears. But I mean, it's, it was watching it was interesting because like I really like this. I hate going to the theatre. I, I don't want to spend several hundred pounds on the tickets and the travelling, and then you, you, there's no guarantee you're going to be set next to respectful attendees. I've, I've never had good experiences I mean, the in the theatre, to be honest. Last time I Maybe went to the theatre was, um, 
was when I went to see the play that goes wrong, and that was like I've heard good things. That was about two years ago. Yeah. No, the, no, the audience was very respectful. Cool, there. cool. There, I, I, I can understand. There's like even when I was kind of trying to kind of look at because uh, I went to London for a birthday mm. treat to myself and thought I'll go to London. I'll have a little walk around the museums. I'll go be see cultured. a show. Be cultured. be cultured like a yogurt. Yes, I'll go see a show. <laughs> Ian but which one Yuckel can Bolton. But which one can I afford? <laughs> Half of one, brilliant. I'll oh. just I'll walk around aimlessly through Leicester Square, yeah, and uh, suspiciously find myself in Soho for quite a lot of the time. Like, uh, oh, have you seen the Last Night in Soho trailer for Mega Wright? Uh, no, I haven't actually. I hadn't realised it had dropped. Uh, it dropped earlier in the week. Oh, um, I've been kind of offline with the, the holiday, the, but yeah. The basic premise about it is um, a young girl kind of discovers that she can go back in time and live in uh, a singer's body back in like 60s London. Okay. But uh, doing going back in uh, time might have some very serious consequences. Not like, oh no, time has changed. It's like, no, no, time ghosts want to take your soul. Ooh. So it's kind of like a time travel horror ghost story. Hmm. Which, with Edgar Wright, looks very, very stylish. Well, um, there's, um, there's yet to be an Edgar Wright movie or television series I've disliked. I think the only only film of his I haven't had a chance to see because I don't want to spend seven hundred pounds on a VHS tape is a fish full of sorry, fistful of fish fingers. Oh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Which I believe Empire gave one star. Well, he's got he's, <laughs> he's got his uh, Sparks Brothers documentary out later on this yes, year as well, so which I've seen the trailers that. for that as well. And it, again, I, it looks I, really inter- I interesting. I love Sparks. Yeah, Ron Russell Mill. They're they're interesting fellows. Um, I, there's nothing that gives me more joy in life than um, just driving down the bombing down the M6 whilst oh, listening no, 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 to. No, 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 hang on, the best road in the UK is the M6 toll. Sorry, let me rewind a little bit. <laughs> uh, bombing down the M6 toll at legal speed. <laughs> um, just screaming. This town ain't big enough for the both of us. Then there's something who's gonna leave. At first, I, I first heard of Sparks. So bizarre. I, I'm a huge fan of Vic and Bob. Mm. Uh, Reeves and Mortimer, two iconic British comedians, um, sort of alternative comedians from the 90s. Um, they used to have a, 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 a fake game show called Shooting Stars, and the joke was the questions are impossible, and clearly it's all staged. But you know, it's very anarchic and um, very much of that time. Um, and they did, they did a round on Sparks, and they recreated a music video for this town ain't big enough for the both of us. And they were just like, they were like wearing papier mâché masks to look vaguely like um, um, the band, and they're singing it awfully on purpose. But even though they're singing it terribly, there was a part of me like, I need to know what this is because I suspect there's an amazing song underneath this that I need to hear, and it might change my life. Mm. Thank, and I'm so glad they did because, I, yeah, I. Oh gosh, what was it? Do you remember? Do you remember the late '90s, early '90s, where there was those those debit cards for teenagers? Oh yes, yeah, Solo. Yes, yeah, Solo. Not Han Solo. No, but no, no. Solo. They were orange, weren't they? And like yeah, you could top from... them up like a pay, like um, like you did with your gas or lecky. Um, oh, that might not be so. I'm thinking solo was something that from that west, like it was a type of car. It was like I'm a, sure it was. I could it, be mistaken. I mean, it became maestro and then became Visa debit as it is today. Mm. So it might be. I might be right. It might be wrong. If it, it sounds right to me, but then again, you know, uh, memory is the <laughs> fleeting. Do we know? Do we know how banks worked when we were like ten years, twelve <laughs> years old? <laughs> but um, the the, the um, when CD Wow was still a thing. I was, like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, great, I can buy a CD for four ninety nine, And I picked Sparks. Oh, yeah. Like, and I, oddly enough, speaking of Edgar Wright, the Shaun of the Dead soundtrack. Some of the first things I ordered online. Double win. Double win. Double that's, a, win. that's a great soundtrack. Mm. Uh, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, this oh, is our hello, you, isn't it? Well, we, were, we, were, we started off in London. Yeah. And, no, we came back from Manchester. From Manchester. Talk, we were talking about London. Yep. We were talking about the theatre. And then we yep. went into Sparks. Absolutely. And then we went into CD Wow. CD Wow. And yes. Is, it, hasn't that become... Um, what's the streaming service? Vatican? Um... No, that no, oh, no. That was Play. That's Play dot com. I thought Play were the successors to CD Wow. Yes, they were. So they so they CD are. Wow, so CD Wow to Play to Play it's to Rakuten. Rakuten, thank you, so thank you. 
Yeah, that's strange. So I'm still using their service. Uh, I, I, it's like the days of importing from PlayUSA.com. Yes, yes. When I used to, I used to, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. When when Dragon Ball Z was first being released in DVD in the States in like 99 onwards. And so the, so the, par- the Pioneer dub. The Pioneer dub and it was like three episodes a disc. <laughs> I, I, I sat there on Play USA like working out how if I can actually afford to own all these. I'm glad I didn't because now we can just get the Blu-rays. I mean, I, I did the same when I used to work for Woolworths. It's like, oh, what can I spend my um, hard-earned cash on? Oh, I can get Excel Saga Disc 1. <laughs> I, can get, I can get Evangelion Disc 3. And I might try Bebop Disc 1. And it, and it leads you to the question of how do I unlock my DVD player? Oh, by, by, then, by then we'd send it off to get it chipped. Oh, you because I, I was quite fortunate. My one was just a code on the. Um, yeah, they yeah. they have kind of got better nowadays. It's like I I feel like I should get uh, a like a region free DVD player just simply because I still have quite a good chunk of my region one collection of anime DVDs. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling the same way. From so I, I like um I have um one of my most prized DVDs is the Australian release and it is region locked. I believe I might have to double check that. So the uh, collector's edition of Bad Taste, Peter Jackson's first Ooh. film, and it's, Ooh, nice. it's got a commentary with the the boys, the actors who play you know, Peter Jackson's mates who played mm. the characters, and they can't remember a bloody thing. <laughs> and it which makes the commentary a bit more endearing, to be honest. It's mm. like, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, I think my my prized import DVD is um, is the Pioneer THX mastered edition of Tenchi Muyo. Oh, that's pretty cool. Are, are we going to do a THX impersonation right now? Mm. I think that, that was, was actually pretty spot on. <laughs> I think that's I was, pretty I, damn I, good. I thought we were going to be I thought we were going to be rubbish and that would be funny, but no, that was too good. I mean, there's that one there. You have the, like <laughs> then you have like the weird Azteki one or the Rainforest one when you yeah. try to move it in and just goes THX certified. I still like the DTS What's the DTS one? It's when it's that. like it's a concert thing, so like doom, and it, it goes oh, into like yes, another, yes. Like, ah, I, that's definitely not what it is, but it's kind of it kind of builds up like a crescendo, <laughs> I suppose. So you know, me, and my fiance Michaela, we we have our little secret cinema. It's um, <laughs> it, I, I, is it in your front room? What? Secret cinema? No, it's not, not as in like we pick a, a film. Oh, for, <laughs> God's sake! Not literal cinema. Such an ass. Uh, <laughs> but like, um, no, I do like it whenever we pick a foreign movie and it's just like it's a South Korean ident. I'm just like, I've, I'm going to use my incredible psychic powers. Is this film South Korean? She's like, she was generally confused I was doing this at first. Just like, I can tell it's South Korean text. I could just tell by the shape. And she's like, what? It's, it's like, <laughs> how do you know this? It's like, but I, there are some films I have guessed. Mm. Through the ident alone, <laughs> which is weird. It's worrying if the if there's more than like three idents and you got like twenty of them before the film even starts. That's so common these days. I don't know. It's just a. It's like everyone's just going. Okay, we'll give you like a fifth of the budget. Put on yeah, that's, 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 fifth well, of the budget. Fifth, fifth of the budget. Hey, if they're contributing to the finance of the film, they deserve to have their crappy CGI ident at the beginning. <laughs> I mean, like. So I mean, I haven't. I have ambitions. I would love to like produce films and things like that. And, um, but. Before I, I before I even <laughs> I know what I'm like before I even have a script or like any germ of an idea or an actual coherent plan on how to produce a film and get it distributed, I would want to make sure my ident was done first for whatever name I chose for my production company, and I don't think I'm getting my priorities right. Alan Films. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just so exciting that name, isn't it? It's, it's exactly what you want to. Think, no, no, no! So. Call, don't call it films. Just call it. Alan. R, R. Allen. What does the R stand for? It's your middle initial. Yeah, you but, should know. Yeah, but you wouldn't. What, what happened to my first name? No one cares about the first name. You're either the full name or the surname. You don't just start in the middle name. R. Allen. Yeah, but people think, is it like what? You like, can have a pirate ship going over <laughs> the waves. <laughs> so you went pirate ship. I was thinking like, um, like Northern Term of Endearment. Like, it's Tar Allen there. <laughs> He's R. Allen. <laughs> Like, I've been the north for three days. What would be, what would be the most boring cinema ident you could possibly imagine? Um, first of all, it would be Alan Productions, <laughs> <laughs> and it would just it would be blue background, white aerial size twelve, not black comic sans. Uh, no, not black comic sans. I'm thinking Windows Movie Maker here. <laughs> 
You know that the, every AMV from 2006 had this title. <laughs> That's what I would do. You know what? Really, oddly enough, if I did do that now, it would be seen as ironic, and people would probably find it quite funny. But like, if I if I did it ten years ago, it'd be like, oh great, a Linkin Park Naruto AMV is about to drop, isn't it? <laughs> do 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 do. <laughs> oh, here comes Sasuke. Yes, he's crying. Crawling in my skin. These words, they will not heal. <laughs> oh. And then Naruto jumps in. Yeah. So we've learned a lot in this opening. <laughs> <laughs> it was always that song and that pairing, and I don't know why. It's either that or that's... Uh, falling was that the one you were singing? Falling. I was the crawling. 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 Sorry, yeah, not yeah. Falling. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's either that or in the end. Or, like, yes. Or in the when, end. Or when, and it's when Naruto got, again, isn't it? Or there was a really cool one. Um, <laughs> oh, the place for my head. There it is. <laughs> I'm glad you knew the song because I ain't got a clue. <laughs> I thought I'd be good on the intro. I remember. Round. I remember that from. I remember that from an Ami, from like one of my first Amicons back yeah. in 2004. And it's like I like the song. I kind of liked the anime, but I never watched the anime. But I really liked the song. It's the best thing about the um, the Shazam app. I'm always. I'm that guy in like a rough trade or an HMV or something like that, just lifting my phone as close to the speaker as humanly possible. <laughs> it's like I need to know the song, but I don't want to ask a member of staff because they'll, they'll think I'm not cool. <laughs> Hello, sir. Could you tell me what this banging tune is? I think you need to leave. <laughs> Get, out. Get out. But I want to buy this delicious Radiohead LP. No. Do you perhaps have the Beatles? <laughs> I'm a big fan of Beat Les. Do you have an uh, album by Beat Les? <laughs> My favourite is Keith. The Beatles. Ah, <laughs> no one who speaks Beatles could be evil. <laughs> anyway, we've had a f- we've had a fun little travel oh, all what, over <laughs> all over the movie. What, movie. what fun! What, what fun we've had! Wasn't it fun? We it talked was about such good fun. we talked about movie logos. We talked about Soho. We talked about Igorite and Sparks. And now we're going to move I, in further I away. I don't even know what accent this is. I don't know either. I can't... I don't know what that was. That was... <laughs> you jumped from being, I don't know, like a haunted lighthouse keeper to be worse all bloody garbage <laughs> in a span of 12 seconds. Jeez, I can't deal with this on a Thursday afternoon after I've spent four hours on the M bloody six. Well, why don't we... Why don't we turn our attentions to something a bit more mainstream, shall we? Uh... As in a film review. Uh, okay, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> because that's the name of the game and that's why we're here. This is Film Raw. So let's have a film review, shall we? Go ahead. So how about we head to Las Vegas with Netflix, Zack Snyder, Batista, and a whole heck of zombies. It's Army of the Dead. Here's a clip. There's $200 million in the vault beneath the strip. With a 32-hour window to get it out. Find the safe. This should be a simple in and out. It's not too late to go back. So yes, big release for Netflix uh, in at the very end of May. So it's taking us some time to uh, actually cover it on the podcast. We've actually also have a second review already done by uh, the Ragty Man, Andrew Orton Davis. You can read that at bunkzilla.co.uk. The basic premise of Army of the Dead is uh, a ragtag group of mercenaries are enlisted to help uh, steal two hundred million dollars from the vault of a casino in zombie ravaged Las Vegas. But as all good zombie films will tell you, things are not as easy as they seem. And that's the basic plot in a nutshell. Dave, <laughs> uh, Dave Batista is the, is the leader of the, of the Mercs. And 
Yep, it's it. That, that's basically it in a nutshell. It's a standard zombie film, but uh, so well, you say standard. Zombie well, film. I say standard, but here, here we let's. Let, I'm going to start this off a little bit here. So, I think on paper this film sounded amazing. Yeah, I was very excited because this is a heist during a zombie outbreak. You're doing different things with zombie convention. I mean, there are moments where they suggest that zombies. Uh, can stay out in the sun so much that they eventually dry out, only to come back again when they're rained upon, and all that sort. Of. So, the, so, so there's a lot of building on the like the established yeah. conventions of uh, like sort of zombie lore in cinema. Yeah, there is a a lot of building on those conventions. Try it. Looks like it wants to do something different. It wants to do something that is not conventional. But the problem is. The film just doesn't want to follow through with this. No. It, it, because, because ultimately, what Army of the Dead becomes is another average zombie film which just falls to convention. And it just, and it just wastes every opportunity it has to make itself different from what, is there, what has been before. And considering Zack Snyder's already done a pretty decent zombie film with his remake of Dawn of the Dead... Mm. Where again they change the they change the they slow zombies it, yeah. to fast running zombies and stuff like that. So it's well, I, I mean, yeah, I, I I I'm kind of in agreement with you. I do appreciate the fact that there are t- clear attempts to do something different, and I think they should always be praised. Mm. But the unfortunate reality is, no, it just doesn't work. I found it very jarring. Um, I think the problem is there was too many ideas. Mm. Um, it was very much felt like let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And the problem is, it's it felt very jarring having <laughs> in the span of ten fifteen minutes you had different kinds of zombies being thrown at you. Yeah, and it's strange in in, in survival horror video games like House of the Dead, Resident Evil, um, you know, Last of Us, a variety of different kinds of zombies make sense because obviously you need variety in a video game to increase the challenge um, and difficulty throughout. Um, here, you're jumping between the classic Romero zombies, 28 Days Later-esque zombies, mm. and, and, and there's, some, there's zombies that have like emerged in other media, like, like in the Game of Thrones, the White Walkers, you're getting all these, and, they have, and they're all together, and it's just it's a bit discombobulating, I found. It didn't quite work at all, because I couldn't really... I couldn't get myself into the right frame of mind to watch the film, because I wasn't sure what kind of film I was watching. There's no... I think in terms of the zombies and going back to your point about video games, there's no with this one particularly. There's no sort of uh, tier of zombies, I suppose. So you basically you have your basic fodder, and then you have different. Again, you look at you look at games like say The Last of Us. You have your standard. You had your your infected, then you have yep. like your standard. Um, standard like creature, I forget what the creature. Uh, your standard clicker, yeah, yep, your standard yep. clicker, and then you have the bigger ones like the shambler who will just fire like gases and stuff like that. And then you have even the um, the rat king, which is like this horrified mutated one from Last of Us Part Two. There's a clear sort of tier system of the type of threat each uh, zombie presents, and you have time with at least each of those. Uh, creations so, so you to, can, you, to understand the threat and to understand how they are different from one another. Whereas with Army of the Dead, it does introduce all these different types of zombies. But again, it's like you don't spend much time with any of them. It's no, just, it's, and it's, just, it's like, just thrown at you. It's very sporadic and it's quite, yeah. it's just jarring is mm. the only word I can use to describe it. Um, I mean, it defeats the point of Army of the Dead. You're, I'm imagining Batista and his entire team having to take on a whole army of smart tactical zombies yeah and even that doesn't happen well no like i said they just they're playing with too many ideas and they're not too they're not there's not enough focus on something because i i like certain threads that were being developed in mm. this but there is absolutely no payoff whatsoever in this For film any of them no not at all and it's so i don't know if infuriating is the right word it's just it's disappointing do you know this film has got spin-offs already planned. It's got a prequel anime series and a, another prequel kind of well, it's, it's, movie. That's, and just, that's, that's like, the I'm world just, we're living in at the moment of the multi the um, multi cinematic universe. Yeah, can, can, can a property stop making a bloody universe for itself? <laughs> it's, it's it's like yeah. it's like 
what, we couldn't do the Snyderverse of DC films, so now we're going to try and do the Snyderverse of zombie films. The, the Deadiverse, the army of the Deadiverse, or it's, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I mean, It's I'd, like, make a self-contained film first, and if that has legs, then expand your reach. Well, I mean, like, we're, going to give anyway. this, we're going to continue giving this film a bit of a critical mauling, but I mean, we have to acknowledge the fact this has clearly been, or at least it feels successful for Netflix. It's, it has been watched by, I will check numbers, it has been watched by quite a big number, but it's not Netflix's biggest uh, viewership. Is that it, still Extraction? It's still Extraction. Mm. Um, Which was a much better movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But um, I've been mean, fine. Let them try and produce prequels, animes, you know, children's comic books. I don't know. Uh, it's just I, I don't really care. This this film is just an absolute mess. Um, just to quickly just rewind back on okay. the audience number. Uh, according to CNET.com, six days ago of time recording. Um, Army of the Dead has is projected to reach an audience of 72 million accounts in its first four weeks of release. Okay. Uh, so that's quite impressive. I, I I honestly don't know how to translate into traditional box office numbers, we, to be honest. So. It's hard with Netflix. They're very selective of how, what information they share. Mm. But I mean, to, to me, that sounds impressive. So, I mean, but, how, but how many of those million accounts watched it for five minutes and went, nah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have tapped out around about 10, 15 minutes. I mean, like, they... they Let's, let's break down the problems. Like beyond the sort of disparate f- um, uh, plot threads, so we have this opening sequence, which so I don't know. Zack Snyder seems to keep doing this, but for providing an opening sequence which is itself a micro narrative. Oh yeah, the, um, the the couple and the military transport. It's just kind of it's so jarring. I don't. Jarring is that word again. I don't know if I'm meant to take it seriously or if I'm meant to be laughing at it. Mm. It's very odd. Um, it's it, are they playing it for laughs or are they trying to get me invested in the drama? Because I can't tell. I mean, judging by the opening sequence, which I think the opening sequence is quite quite decent. I think it's like a classic Vegas song. I forget which one it is, but they're doing oh, Viva slow, Las Vegas. Yeah, Viva Las Vegas. Uh, slow motion of zombies taking over Las Vegas. Uh, you're seeing uh, a military. Dave Batista and his friends sort of trying to tackle. And then they have these weird sort of artistic moments of them holding pictures of their family in front of like a photo studio, which I, I guess it's, it's a very indulgent thing, but I don't necessarily get why that is essential yeah, it, to this. It just, it, it's, it just takes you out. It just doesn't, just doesn't work. And then, and then if you want to go further forward into the film, for example, you have these moments where the, they jokingly kind of, uh, hint that oh maybe we're stuck in a perpetual time loop we live in the same nightmare over and over again because heck we found some skeletons that kind of look like us <laughs> and there's it's like again you're, you're right this film doesn't know whether it wants to be serious or it wants to have a laugh or wants to kind of be tongue-in-cheek because you have these different plot strands you have say you have uh batista's uh, character who is clearly trying to repair a relationship with his estranged daughter who is living in the in the sort of like the refugee camps around Las Vegas at the film. Yeah. But again, it's like that's being played for seriousness. And then you look at other characters like uh say the safecracker played by uh Matthias uh uh, Schreihofer, I apologise if I got that mis- I think that's going to be the best you're ever going to do. Ever gonna do. <laughs> who, is, who is very quirky, he's never really had to deal with zombies, and I like some of his moments, but he goes, oh, how do we deal with a zombie? <laughs> and it's like, right, you kind of have to get him, you have to shoot him in the head. Okay, and the knife will do that. Yes, okay. And even even when he's sort of looking at this um, at this safe as his Gotadamerum, like yeah. a big operatic achievement in his safe cracking, safe, safe uh, career, um, and that bit's played very much for laughs. That whole sort of quirkiness of this eccentric yeah. character, and it's, it's and it's not like you can. It's not like a movie can't you know have moments which um, break away from the sort of the, the main um, tone of the film. I mean, like mm. uh, plenty of examples of great serious dramas with very funny, quirky moments in it. You know, sometimes it can give you a bit of a, a bit of respite and, you know, can help with the pacing a little bit. But here, it's not so much a case of this is a drama with funny elements or this is a comedy with dramatic elements. It feels like a film, um, that doesn't know what it is and mm. it's jumping between what it's trying to be. Yeah. So there's no, there's no, there's no, 
no real cohesion at all. I mean, and it's, I just, like it's just, it's yeah, it's a tad discombobulating to yeah, watch. And just thinking back to the characters, there's uh, there's a very there's a there's a humour and a serious imbalance there because you'll have. Uh, you have a character who is a YouTube star because he just goes around and shoots zombies. And, and uh, on and its that's, own, that's, that's a actually, great idea. Yeah. I, re- I would, I would have actually preferred that film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of the some of the characters they just focused on. I mean, are we are we stretching it a little bit to call these character characters because they're all so one dimensional that they're, they're not. Ever being honest, the acting in this is not great. Um, no, I, I, I give. I think, I think Dave Batista is. He tries. He's he's given it his all, and he's clearly above everyone else. Yeah. Um, but the rest of the cast, I'm just not. I was not impressed by at all. Mm. But I don't know if that's their fault or the material they're working with, because some of the dialogue was absolutely I, excruciating. I will, I will give. I will give props to uh, Tig Nataro, the helicopter pilot. Who is who was digitally added? I was going to say after not, the film. It might be the fact that it might be the fact that they weren't actually there. Yeah, is <laughs> the reason why they gave a, a noticeably better performance. Mm. But I will say as well with with um, the digital insertion of Teague Taro, you could hardly tell. I didn't know until you told me afterwards. So yeah. that, that did that, impress that, me. That is impressive yeah. reshooting. Yeah. Um, would you, would you disagree with my comment, with my thoughts on dialogue and exposition and such? It's well, it takes you nearly an hour to get to an actual zombie field. So, oh yeah, this film is far too long. Yeah, far too long. Far um, too long. No, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think, I think the thing that hit me was like I watched this film and I, I was kind of went, all oh, right, it's it's not great, but I, it's past some time. I don't mind it. And then I was watching things like the pitch meeting videos from Screen Rant, and I was watching oh, yeah, those the, guys, yeah, yeah, and and the Honest Trailer, and they were pit and they were picking up some noticeable kick or the terrible plot. plot points yeah like that oh why it's like if 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 they're going to do this why have they now decided to do this halfway through doesn't that make point a and i just said this we're going wait a minute yeah. they're right <laughs> I, I, I watched this with my fiance and there's, there's a scene where i don't know this is really spoiler territory but you know there are animal zombies um, I, a, did li- t- I did. I did like. Zombie it's an interesting tiger. idea, but then, the, the, of course, they're playing the idea that the zombie virus could be transmitted between animals. And like, they're just like, why hasn't a bird been infected and left the the prison? <laughs> just started infecting other animals yeah. outside it. I mean, couldn't, like, couldn't and couldn't a, a bird like a vulture or something like be pecking at like a decomposing corpse and they become zombified? Yeah, they would no, absolutely. And even, or maybe does it work on an insects? Could there be zombie insects? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the plot is just motivation as well seems a- absolutely bizarre. Like, I, I refuse to believe that Dave Batista's character rescued the Secretary of Defense from the zombie um, onslaught at the, in the opening sequence of the movie. Mm. Two years later, or whatever it is, he's now flipping burgers. What? <laughs> it's like there's no explanation of how that happened. It's just yeah. it is, and that's that's his motivation for going on the suicide mission. Allegedly, yeah. But it's like that, I refuse to believe he couldn't find work as a uh, incredibly well-paid mercenary anywhere on the planet, having rescued the Secretary well, he, of Defense. Well, he spends mo- he spends most of the film trying to give the idea that he's going to open a nice road char- roadside cafe and serve nice, lovely food, to which is a strange daughter doesn't give two shits about. To be honest, oh, but, I mean, <laughs> their, their relationship was so paper thin. I, I, I at no point for the film was it, I convinced kinda, they were related. It it kind of came down to the fact of you have these two characters and Dave Bautista is going, I'm here to steal the money and help you start a new life. And the daughter who, Matt, who brings herself along when one of her friends goes, well, friends or associates goes missing, yeah, just yeah. goes, I want to find this person and I'm going to run away. Okay. Yeah, the scene where she, there's a scene where she has to convince uh, Bautista's character to uh, let her come along on the journey and he says no. <laughs> and, and then, and then she's, and then there's, what did she say? It's so, it was so, I can't, it was so, I, it was hardly, I can't even remember it. That's how bad it was. But she, she said just, she repeated herself basically. And then he just went, okay, you can come along. Like it, was, it just wasn't earned at all. Yeah. It just happened because it need, the plot needed it to happen. Yeah. Just like a really unnecessary forced emotional beat that just, it's, it just took me out, man. It's, the sad thing with Army of the Dead, it has so much potential and it just becomes 
an overblown, overindulgent, overstuffed, nonsensical piece of film. It would and, and, and yeah. It's basically the best way I can describe it. It's an overstuffed corpse of nonsense that doesn't move or make sense in hindsight. <laughs> That's very good, very eloquent way of putting it. Thank you. I um yeah beyond. I mean, actually, just to touch on it before beyond the narrative, what the hell was up with the depth of field on this? For I mean, for anyone listening, depth of field is basically how how shallow. Your focus is... It's the nice blur effect you get yeah. on certain shots. Because you, you, you want you want, you want want a shallowish depth of field so you can, like... For that cinematic effect. Yeah, yeah, and create the illusion of depth. It was so, so small that it was it was basically... It felt like it was impossible for the, the cameraman to focus on an actor's entire face. It was like jumping between their cheeks and their nose. Zack Snyder's the cinematographer. Oh, he's the cinematographer. I'll double check, but I think no, he I is. think he is because it says it on the credits. Because he says his name like repeated what five hundred times. Mm. Um, yeah, it was. I actually felt sick after about fifteen minutes watching this film because the focus pulling was just so bad. I don't, don't get me started on the dead fucking pixels. that was a fun thing to experience while watching this film um so that for your streaming service yeah that was that was through netflix yeah so basically yeah it's like i was watching the film and there's like these three dead pixels that pop up now throughout the film and i generally thought that my tv was broken for a bit boo so i stopped it and i thought i know i'll I'll try something else just in case if if it's just me and yeah, I watched something on YouTube. I spent 20 minutes away from the film, went back to the film. And only during, at the end, I looked it up as a, oh, this film was made with cameras with dead pixels in, apparently. Brilliant. So that, that, that's good. Oh, well, well done, cinematographer Zack Snyder. Yeah, the film looks awful. But even, with the, even if they recorded dead pixels, they, there should have been at least something to sort out in post. Or, may, or maybe... If they or, can digitally insert that actress... Um, what's the name? Uh, Tig Notaro. Thank you. Um, then they can clear out some bloody dead pixels. That's not. Yeah. But it might, it might be it might be something to do with Netflix processing as well when they upload the film. I don't know. It's like these. There are various. I don't know what the full story is. It's just it's considering that was the the first weekend of streaming that film was going on and people were noticing that left, right, and center. That's not good if you're Netflix and trying to promote yeah, a big tad embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, anyway. if it gets if it gets resolved, it'll be forgotten about yeah. anyway. But um, yeah, it's just it's a bloody mess of a film, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't I didn't care for a single death. I didn't care about what was going on. I didn't believe it's, these characters it, are real. It's just it's like they're, they're, like I said, there are little moments that I do like. I love the fact that the zombie tiger eventually rips someone's face off and it's quite gory and I like that. But the fact is, after, after that sort of shocking amount, that shocking sort of zombie violence that you see in zombie films now and then, so like there's always that sort of, there's always like there's that shocking sort of death of someone being pulled apart. Like, yeah, um, yeah, Sean, yeah, like yeah. Sean the Dead where Dylan Moran's having his stomach ripped open and, <laughs> and his intestines are coming out. And the same with the, with the Romero films as well. Yeah. The fact is the most, the most, most disgusting death of the film is someone getting their face bitten off by the zombie tiger. Tells you how dull of a zombie film this is. <laughs> yeah, it's dull. Strangely dull. I mean, like, it's infuriating. Like, like, like you said at the beginning of the review, on paper, this film is great. In like, execution, um, it's abysmal. It's just, yeah, terrible. Absolutely terrible. And I don't know what's gone wrong. Yeah. Star rating. Um, I feel generous giving it two, to be honest. I can't really give it one star because I think there is stuff in here that I generally thought was cool, I liked, and it helped, it helped propel me along with the film. So there, there are redeeming qualities despite are, the fact that... I will say very small redeeming qualities. It's like there's a little bit that you'll go, ooh, but then once that element's out of the way, you're kind of waiting for the next thing to kind of clutch onto and, and engage with. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with that. Yeah. Do you have so, any two stars? I, I can't. I can't give it anything higher. No. Yeah, it's it's the same. Uh, the Raggedy Man gave it two stars as well. Oh, he, did he? Yeah. He, oh, it's he, interesting. He, did, he think, sim- did he voice similar opinions? I think to he us? voiced similar opinions. It was kind of um, he kind of again good ideas. What the hell went wrong with this? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think this would have worked better as a television series? Could have done. Yeah, because it was fleshed out these things a little bit more, and then you can have a, a TV universe. Yeah. TV universe. It's all about the universes. Oh. 
Oh well, there's I like Zack Snyder. All... I want him to make a good film. Yeah, it's like it's like please make make just a self-contained one film <laughs> that doesn't require experiencing something left, right, center, or, or just experiencing extra things just to get the whole story, just, the whole experience. It's just, just get a competent mm. editor to go through your story, lad. Uh, just who was the editor on this one? I meant script editor, not the actual. Oh, script editor, not the actual editor. Oh, okay. the actual editor. I'd imagine the editor was Zack Snyder as well. I think you're right. He probably had the sound boom as well at one point. <laughs> uh, oh no, no, it's Do- Dodie Dorm. Dodie Dorm. Not so. I didn't have a problem with the editing. It was just yeah. clear with the issues with script, 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 yeah. and cin- the cinematography was atrocious. Mm. Really, it's really a ver- bad. It's a ver- it was a very dried out looking film, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, obviously to mimic Las Vegas in a way, but yeah, the difference between capturing that. That that look that, and feeling dried out. But, that, but Las Vegas is still supposed to be like this sort of, uh, sort of blazing hot environment. Mm. It, obviously, to do or oh, the Nevada the, desert. Yeah, yeah but the Nevada desert. So you imagine a bit more poppy, like more punch from the blues, and a bit more. That's just a bit ugly, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't. Like the, a lot uh, of desaturation. Mm, mm, mm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let, let's 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 run away from this corpse before it comes back and tries to bite us. So, <laughs> Army of the Dead, two stars, done, done, done. <clears throat> I have a little hammer. Hey. <laughs> it's like I need this film, two stars. Guilty, 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 guilty. <laughs> I will say the tagline, always bet on dead, is genius. Yeah, and it should again, have... <laughs> great stuff. There are great things there. It's Just oh, what a waste of potential. I'm not angry. I'm, I'm just, just very is... disappointed, yeah. Right, let's move Let's move briefly on to uh, movie recommendations. I've even got something from both sides this week, uh, or this episode, actually. I've got, I've got a, a, a quick... Uh, oversight of Cruella but obviously as your guest reviewer for this episode Christian floor is yours um yeah I'm, I'll only be quite quick myself this week um two recommendations actually and one's a bit cheeky um I watched Warrior for the first time the Tom Hardy movie oh yes, yes. Warrior yeah um Gavin O'Connor is that yeah, he's the dire- yeah, yeah director with um Joel Egerton and uh, Nick Nolte in an Oscar-nominated role as their estranged father. Oh, he was nominated for that. Yeah, yeah, because that, that was a really striking performance. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I mean, I, I like com- um, competitive uh, fighting sports, like you. I like UFC. Um, so it was quite, it was quite nice to watch this film. And it, there are moments when watching this film, I'm forgetting it's a movie. I was just like, they've, they've caught that energy of it, like a yeah. pay-per-view quite well, even down to the actor who looks a bit like Joe Rogan. it's like not quite like but um my biggest surprise is that i I spent me and my fiance we spent the first half of the movie going is the russian kurt angle yes he is (laughs) realized that towards the end at one point it was going to give him the olympic slam (laughs) but no um the performances are brilliant tom hardy is fantastic it's you know tom hardy's going to walk right in that cage and just knock them out in one go i think this was the film that came out just as they announced he was going to play bane and people oh, really? and people going oh he can't play bane it's well, like have you, have, you look, have you look how, how fucking <laughs> built he is in this film <laughs> i see he's bloody hench like at no point did i <laughs> did i think to myself ain't no way this chap's gonna knock these mother effers out but like he's <laughs> <laughs> like i just yeah I, I thoroughly enjoyed it what did you say about it it's the film i i remember at the time i remember at the time it was kind of like it was it was obviously people were looking at it like, yeah it's like a proper it's a proper blokes movie isn't it he's like it's the first time it's, it's a film a, it's for a fi- men it's a film for <laughs> men it's about men fighting it's about family and and it's alright it's alright to cry in this <laughs> and I admit I mean I got I, I mean oh, I got, I got, I, got yeah. I got choked up towards me and, me, me and Michaela well. we both started like towards the the, in, the climax of the, the, the final act as I, well yeah I would I will stress please don't misguide my uh, my impersonation of toxic masculinity as a thing of saying oh it's it's that sort of film oh, I, <laughs> generally I think this is a really good film and I mean the fact is like, I, I I no it's very I, good I, 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 I cry at certain points of films if I said it's like if it hits of like an emotional resonance with me oh I'm a, I'm a soppy git when I watch films I, I, I cry you, I cry when I see the food in Ratatouille I, I mean I, <laughs> I mean the other one that just really knocked me for six is, is the bit in Rocky Balboa where he's talking to I haven't his, seen where the, he's talking, the sixth one right yeah the sixth one where he's talking to his son and his son 
and his sons his sons I think sort of he's having like this very heated conversation with his with with Rocky and Stallone just turns around and bellows out it doesn't have to be like this it's like it's like yeah. oh no it's like because you're better than this in that sort of way and it's like at that moment it's like fucking hell Sly <laughs> <laughs> It's, um, it's interesting you mentioned Rocky actually because mm. I was going to say in praise of Warrior this is probably my favourite fighting movie since Rocky have you watched any of the Creed films? Uh, I haven't yet and I, I, they're on my list Creed, I, I've Creed been told the first one is first excellent first Creed is excellent Sloan got an Oscar nomination for that one cool cool um, and again uh, Ryan Coolidge is the director who went on to do Black Panther mm. Which I've Creed 2 is Creed 2 is okay Creed 2 is good is it, um, is it one of those films that you enjoy if you like the first one but it's not special well it, it's kind of like a spiritual sequel to Rocky 4 Oh, because oh, the son of Cole Drogo, right. Yeah, yeah. I get you. Got and you. good old Dolph and Bishop Nielsen turn up. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dolph. <laughs> if he dies, he, he dies. dies. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I finally recommend Rory. Definitely a five-star mm. movie of sports drama there. And um, I have to say this because I know I'm, I've been a bit slow off the post, um, but I've finally gotten around to watching the best piece of Star Wars media since 1983, uh, the Mandalorian series one. Oh, and, yes. um, yeah, it's just bloody good, isn't it? Mm. I- <laughs> so, you, so you're, you're just under two years. Two um, years two, it's taken me two years to watch Mandalorian. Oh, good. Like, uh, we're just under two years. It under two under years. Um, and it, I have been bitterly disappointed with Star Wars since 1999 onwards. I, I, yes, I'll admit that as a child, I really enjoyed Phantom Menace, but over the preceding years, I've begun, I realised how not so good that Maybe was. And, and then Attack of the Clones was incredibly dull, and Revenge of the Sith was okay. It was one, okay. One, one, once the I'm going to become Darth Vader stuff started unfolding, it's like, Yeah, the okay. final act is brilliant and mm. so memeable. Just endless memes. I have the higher ground. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking of the younglings. Just the, <laughs> <Not> the younglings. <laughs> just, it's fine. I mean, we we all have that movie when we're young and we think it's the best thing in the world, and then, oh, we, grow, yes. and then we grow up and we realise the error of our ways. Case in point for me: Batman and Robin. Um, I, I same. I loved Batman and Robin I saw, I saw for a few twi- years. <laughs> I saw it twice at the cinema, and I collected some sort of paper disc collection so like from a petrol station thing so basically it was like the batman and robin like bat signal robin logo together yeah and yeah. around it you kind of collect these discs and you just fill them up so like still from the pit from the film as well and that it's like it's like yeah awful yes awesome, awesome film related tandem you can get movie tie-ins movie crap tie-ins well, i mean that's why the film was the way it was movie uh, tie-in merchandise i remember the blooming round trees fruit pastels promotions with batman returns I mean, that's what got Tim Burton fired. I'm a bit of a tangent here. That's what got Burton fired was the fact that he didn't make a child-friendly movie. Yeah. But um, so and, like, yeah. I, I want murderous penguins. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. On, sorry. But yeah, so I mean, and then the, the Disney sequels, I think, have been uh, at best underwhelming. They've been made by committee. Well, not even J.J. Abrams this week, admitting they, did, they had no idea how the films were going. They went into seven without knowing how eight and nine would play out. And like, you can, I can criticise... I have a lot of criticisms of the, the prequels, right? Mm. But at least they are consistent and were clearly planned ahead. Right? Yes, there is a there is logic to them. Mm. There is there is just because it's cohesiveness, a cohesiveness, yeah. And especially in terms of the development of Anakin, it's quite frustrating because two or three tweaks to those films, and they are on par. They would be on par of the originals, mm. but clearly Lucas had just lost that creative. I don't know the, well, no, the, I don't the think edge that, of youth. I think, I think, I think. Sadly, I think no one was really there to kind of rein him in, rein him in, yeah. and kind of guide him a bit. And, and and that is the case again. You you see that with with directors today. And I mean, going back to the main film review, it's like some someone should have at least reined in Snyder. Snyder. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I think Snyder is a terrific filmmaker. Yeah, I think he's, he's an underrated incre- filmmaker. He's and I think he seems visual. to be a nice, ch- generally good guy as well. From- got to gather yeah. people work with him but I'm just I think you're absolutely right um, I think Christopher Nolan is slowly is starting to starting get to that, to get territory. that territory yeah there's a, there's a so she's attitude towards sound mixing in the home um, for home release I'm oh. just a bit like mm. um, but you know I, I tend to get these artists to benefit the doubt with um with Mandalorian but, but going back to Mandalorian so yeah I, I've been I've been I'm, I just lost all interest in Star Wars, to be perfectly honest, which is a shame because the original trilogy, all three of those films, because yes, Return of the Jedi is equal 
to New Hope. I didn't, and, I didn't mind Return of the Jedi. Oh, I've just I, I, you get the occasional Starkey comment. I think it's I think it's brilliant. It's about the Ewoks. They don't like the Ewoks. It's f- it's a brilliant idea having this like cuddly murder bears. The savage, <laughs> like his savage Stone Age creatures being able to take on the Empire. I think that's a great idea. But um, and and you know the the that's not what the film's about. The film's about Luke completing his training and not succumbing to the dark side. Mm. Like the, the scenes with Luke. The Emperor and Darth Vader on the on the new Death Star. Pick up oh, your saber. Yes. Strike me down. <laughs> Those scenes are incredible. They're the best scenes in the whole trilogy, in my mm. opinion. Um, yeah. So, I, long story short, I've been getting very. I just totally lost interest in Star Wars, and I kind of picked Mandalorian just more because a lot of my colleagues were talking about it. And I thought, okay, and I had the the cliffhanger series two spoiled. Mm. And when I found out when it was spoiled, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I think I need to watch this. About five minutes into the first episode, I I felt like myself watching the original trilogy when I was young again. Mm. And now, uh, fair play, John Favreau. Mm. Uh, like, just like... And uh, I think Dave Dave Filoni as well. Dave Filoni, yes, because, yeah. yeah, he's been... He's, quite influential was it the Clone Wars the animated series he worked on I've never actually watched that but mm. apparently it's quite it's got a good following yeah um, yeah th- those chaps have done a remarkable job I've just totally fallen in love with this world again and it feels like Star Wars mm. I, I I don't think Star Wars has felt like Star Wars for quite a while now so, I think the thing about The Mandalorian I've seen all of season one I need to watch season two yeah that's why I didn't mention the spoiler because yeah. I don't want yeah I am I am partially aware of said spoiler, okay. but uh, but I, st- escape, st- I, st- wasn't it? I still want to watch season two. Um, Fantasy each episode feels like a nice self-contained mini movie as well. Yeah, it's tre- the, the, it's treated like a movie as well. Yes, and um, it, it's do you know what? Sometimes it's nice to watch a movie that's thirty-five minutes long. <laughs> so I'm going, wow, these are thirty minutes. I'm I'm going through these episodes quickly. Yep. And um, I, I love I love the fact that it's done something that this. The problem I had for the sequel trilogy is it feels like it needed to tear down what came before to establish itself, mm. which is one of the reasons why it's become so divisive. The Mandalorian has built upon what's come before mm. and like created this new mythos of the Mandalorian cult, and like um, it's it's just it's just basically it is the ta- way. It is the way. It's basically just taking in the original trilogy what was just a bit of fancy costume play wasn't it Boba Boba Fett was never as big as his fans made out it was just a what it was tiny little character I still love the adult swim Boba Fett who's voiced by Breck and Meyer and he's just like the old yeah Boba Fett's gonna get you who's got you Boba Fett's got you yeah (laughs) it's like he's just played like like this obnoxious job it's quite funny fantastic no I love that I love um, uh, Robot Chicken I haven't watched that in years actually Mm. um but yeah, back to Mandalorian. Sorry, I'm quite tired. I have generally been bombing down the M for six all day. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it made me fall in love with Star Wars again. It was respectful to its original source material, which is, uh, and at the same time was doing something new with it. Mm. Um, and yes, I would say you could criticize it for being a tad formularic, and you know exactly what's going on. But if we're being honest, sometimes formulaic is good you know if everything else around it's great then why not why fix something that's not broken yeah if you can if you can do it to um, a satisfactory degree yeah do it don't don't try and be radical too much because you think it's well it's it's the it's the essential requirement of any new property no I mean a a a radical radical approach for radical sake or like a, a twist in order for that because people feel there needs to be a twist because we have to have a twist it just it, it, throw, it just throws people off, mm. and um, no, I, I, I think Mandalorian is just—it's perfect escapist television, um, even though it's loads of short movies. And I have to give—I have to give particular praise to Taika Waititi um, for directing the last episode, and also he played—I think he played the um, yeah, he the played the assassination robot. robot. I, that robot one of the funniest things I've seen in quite a while <laughs> so funny um, and yeah I've, I love the child I love everything about it it was just just I I just uh, that's, that's how I could say is praise it made me fall in love with Star Wars again and that theme song is so good I may have 
I may have listened to it on repeat for about three hours after I've watched the final. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, I just love to think about it. Um, I I would give it five stars, and and I'm treating it like a movie because it's a spin-off to Star Wars. So there and, we go. And and Warrior. Five stars. Five, five stars. stars five stars. From the bucket of five stars that Christian has with him. I, I give everything five stars. Army of the Dead, five stars. Oh, we've just lost half the subscriber base. Hey, <laughs> we lost all six of our views. <laughs> <laughs> we, do, we do love you for your support, listeners. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, episode. Absolutely. Watch the Mandalorian. So um, I will quickly touch on Cruella, which is the, uh, obviously, it's the reimagining of uh, Disney's iconic fashion crazy villain. Uh, this time uh, played by Emma Stone mm. uh, film directed by Craig Gillespie who did I Toya and the Lars and the Real Girl and essentially this charts, uh, charts young Cruella who is also known as Estrella as a child growing up and kind of making uh, a name for herself in the fashion world in 70s London going up against Emma Thompson's uh, kind of Devil Wears Prada-esque uh, fashion uh, mogul in, in London at the time. Um, generally, I had very low expectations considering Disney, <laughs> Disney reboots and reimaginings have not had good success, especially on film raw. Uh, and yeah, I think the last Mediocre. One, <laughs> mediocre. But considering I went in with absolutely zero expectations, I didn't want to pay for this on premium access. I was happy paying like a fiver for a ticket at, at my local view. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't mind this one. I thought, yeah. I thought, I think the thing is, when these films are sometimes carbon copies of their animated predecessors, there's not much point to them. And yes, you can see it as an absolute cash grab. It's like the things like the hyper-realized CGI Lion King and, yeah. and Mulan just taking out all the fun and trying to, to please an audience. That didn't exist. No. <laughs> um, but no, it's like I, I generally feel that they have tried to do something different here. Is it, is it similar with Army, Army of the Dead? Do you, you, you appreciate... There are some ideas I didn't expect to see, but they kind of do work. Okay. Um, and in particular, it's like there are certain things. I mean, one of the things that has popped up on, on the internet since release is obviously the whole thing of why Coeur Deville does not like Dalmatians. And to be honest, it's like, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of like a very generic reason or very, it's just a very, oh, okay, reason. But is again, it it's like you kind of have to find a way. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I, I haven't watched this film, so I'm not going to give an yeah. opinion, obviously. Um, but my my gut would tell me that you have to, the film would have to work hard to make you empathise with one of the most despicable Disney villains of mm. all time. I mean, they're, they're not, she, Cruella de Vil is it's not even one of the fun villains. It's just pure evil. Mm. Um, oddly enough, the, the other Disney Prince, um, princess on a Disney princess. The other Disney villain I consider on equal footing when it comes to horrendousness would be Maleficent. Who's mm. only had two films. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's an, another character that's been plucked out and just given its own mm. strange revi sympathetic revisionism. Um, how, how does it square the fact that you're watching a character you know is planning to murder 101 puppies? Um, I'm not sure really because... It I think one of the key things in this is obviously they hint towards that sort of behavior at, okay. at one point in the film. Um, it's not trying to, I'm not spoiling too much here, but when they are suggesting that and you think Coella might actually go through with something, it doesn't really follow through. So she still has a sense of restraint there. So she's like, I want to get my revenge, but I'm not going to stoop that low yeah. in, in, in a way. And, and I think, okay, if we're going to proceed into another film after this and they do set themselves up for another film, um, even, even as like a, a playful nod, it's okay. It's not necessarily there's a sequel coming, brace yourself. It's kind of like a kind of setting the universe in balance Okay. for that. So it's like, like an Easter egg. It's kind of like putting the pieces in place. So basically it's like, oh, all this is sorted, right? Let's put the wheels that will make 101 Dalmatians happen and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think if they do, if they do return and try this again or not try this again or if they do want to build upon this i think there is going to be a moment that really sends coella into absolute monster 
that's my that's my gut feeling. Mm. I mean, who knows? It depends how well the film does. Um, I think Emma Stone as Cruella is quite good. Yeah, the casting made sense to me. I, th- I mean, I, I love Emma Stone. Yeah, no, she, I, she's, I think she's great in everything I've ever seen her. To be honest, there's a nice balance of 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 character for you to empathise with. But I think Emma Stone really has a lot of fun when she starts sort of veering into this Cruella persona that she that her character is supposed to have. So the basically the way the film tells you is. She's a young girl called Estrella who has a, a wicked side, which her mum dubs as Cruella. So when she goes, when she becomes a bad person, and the more so is it like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of yeah, dynamic. So the, yeah. So the more Emma Stone's, as the film goes in, dives into Cruella, she's getting more and more used to being that sort of person. But there are other characters. There's Jasper and Horace in the film as well as her friends, trying to kind of make sure she doesn't go over the edge per se. But the fact is that I think if they were to carry on, there is something that's going to pull her over the edge to go after 101 puppies, to be honest. Oh no, she's gone full Deville. Full Deville. Um, but um, yeah, I think also MVP of the film is Emma Thompson as as the, the British Devil Wears Prada designer known as the Baroness. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I'm all about fashion. She does these sort of like real indulgent things like she'll get a review from last year's fashion show she'll gather all her stuff and she goes i'm going to read you this review of my work i am brilliant <laughs> and, and if someone and someone goes, someone accidentally coughs goes, i think i shall read that again <laughs> in that sort of way and it's and it's like she's 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 is she, chewing, is she the scenery chewing the scenery yeah. and she's having a ball excellent it's, it's wonderful stuff yeah. um and there's great i like use, to see them sort of masters at the game doing that yeah. in a film like this and there's there's great use of of music and, and setting of the 70s fashion world well, as well. It, it's, it's i mean obviously there's no real parallels between vivian westwood and corella deville but it's kind of channeling that sort of punk era isn't it with the fashion in particular is what i gather yeah yeah the soundtrack good yeah i think it's all right yeah there's, there's the usual kind of how much sex pistols is uh blasted blasted into it or? i think there might be a bit of sex pistols yeah. but it's it's like like boots are made up for walking all that sort of stuff mm. so it's a nice it's a nice little nice little medley so i think if you like that sort of music you could be absolutely fine i know it's not perfect um but you're entertained. Yeah, you know, I was entertained, and I think if listeners are scoffing at the idea that they are uh, they are trying to add human <laughs> elements to Cruella de Vil, then there are the animated films. Disney haven't decided to tell you that they're going to be locked in a vault forever, and Cruella is now the one true canon. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if I if I had to rate this out of five, it's uh, it just sneaks into four stars for me. Four stars. Yeah. It, uh, perform. I think performances help it. Yeah, performances take it there. Um, I like, even though it's like, yeah, some things of the of the character building is this kind of throwaway fluff and kind of oh eye rolling sort of stuff. Mm. It's like how it's like, how on earth did you become Cruella Deville? Oh, this car is a Deville or a Devil. <laughs> yeah, they did the it's same like, thing like Solo, like uh, in in the Solo movie. I was thinking of Silo in um, Heroes when he just discovered it's his bloody watch. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, but like I said, I'm curious if they if they do more. I'm curious to see how it goes. Um, so and, are are and you saying this is the best live action Disney movie since they've started this bloody it's, awful? It's my last point on my notepad here. This is the first oh, time God. is the first time I have genuinely enjoyed one of these films. Wow, and, it and was, that's saying and it's something. A, it's a pseudo prequel to 101 Dalmatians. Pretty much. Fair enough. Pretty much. <laughs> and there you go. Oh, I have to I have to check that out. I, I'll be honest. I'm going to wait until it's free on Disney Plus. Yeah, end of August. For end Disney of August. Plus. Cool, cool. Or if you like the movies, or as to uh, quote the Vin Diesel impersonation on Saturday Night Live, the movies. Well, <laughs> it's available at cinemas now. <laughs> That's the second catchphrase. It's top, it's first one's family. Family. The Fair. movies, the popcorn, and the, the sticky floor, and the seats, <laughs> the the always smell of cheese in the foyer, and his yep, and his third most popular catchphrase is, "The rocks out there, I'm not coming out." <laughs> oh, there, the rock. Do you think he's afraid of the rock because he knows the rock's going to use the people's elbow on him? No, it's like he well, he does have John Cena as his friend, but um, no one can see John Cena. No, not since the Chinese government made him disappear. Yeah. <laughs> that was a surreal story. Let's that, not get too deep into the politics, obviously, but what? That that was a clear sign of Hollywood worrying about the Chinese market again. <laughs> I, I did feel a tad 
for John Cena, he, it, he did feel like he was. You could see ba- he was badgered into. I think he yeah, was put into that position. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, but um, yes, Coella, low four stars. Fable Disney Plus right now on Premier Access. Free at the end of the month. Uh, free at the end of August, actually. Free at the end of August. And also at Cinemas right now. Right. Uh, Who'd win in a fight? Cruella Deville, played by Emma Stone, or Tom Hardy and Warrior? I think that might be a bit of a massacre, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't think Tom Hardy would stand a chance. No, he wouldn't. He no. wouldn't. No. <laughs> no, he turned into a very fetching coat. Um, so, of course, as always, it's time for our patron shout outs. <laughs> And a big thank you to our patrons on the Golden Monster tier. That is Loco is Great and Harriet, a.k.a. Manga Girl. Thank you so much for your ongoing support of Bunkerzilla and the content that we produce here. If you would like to support Bunkerzilla on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash UK. You get early access to content, including episodes of Film Raw. So when we're next back and we're talking about more films, you'll be able to know what we think of them before anyone else. Ooh. Ooh, exciting. Spoiler, we consider them films. This is true. Uh, you'll also get uh, you'll get greater interaction with shows like The Big Stomp, which is our online Twitch debate show. And you can also get your own little shout out as well. We are working on more content to provide for our patrons for the future. So if you would like to support us for as low as £3, patreon.com slash UK is the place to go. And if you'd like to get in touch with us regarding anything to do with the, uh, the films that we've covered, go to filmraw at bunkerzilla.co.uk. And... Send us a nice little email. So, uh, until next time, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Enjoy your films. Um, we are going to try and avoid the corpses of Army of the Dead, trying back to bite us for everything that we've said about the film. Well, don't worry, we'll send Corello at them. Oh, good. Yes, yes. Perfect. She'll fashion a delicious, sort of like <laughs> delicious. post-apocalyptic, like. Uh, She's know. not a chef. <laughs> I meant delicious isn't like gorgeous. I don't mean like provocative provoc- or vogueish. Vogueish, <laughs> like God, you can tell two fashionistas reviewing this bloody movie, can't you? Uh, can she shape it into a hat? <laughs> what the, the flesh of a zombie? Yes. Presumably. Good. We yeah. can make a nice bowler hat or something like that. That is a monster in Resident Evil, right? Oh no, I'm thinking of no, pyramid that's, head. No that's, no, that's Mr. X from Resident Evil Two. Is it? I don't know. Mr. X. All I know is House of the Dead, the Sega arcade game, is coming to Switch. Yes. Remastered. Remastered. Whoop. Can't wait. That's going to be fun. And on that big bombshell, we will leave it there. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your movies. Stay safe. And it's goodbye from Christian R. Allen. The acting in House of the Dead is better than the acting in Army of the Dead. And I am referring to the arcade game, not the terrible Rob Zombie movie. You mean Uwe Ball? Oh, yeah, it is. Sorry. Uh, but my apologies, Rob Zombie. I had a house of 10,000 corpses in my head for then, but I don't know why. Um, it's probably because you keep using the word corpse 10,000 times in this podcast. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't want to insult you, Abul, because he will challenge me to a boxing match and kick my ass. He will most likely win as well. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a good track record. But um, mm. to uh, to uh, end things nicely, I'm just going to say ta-ta for now. And goodbye from me. Adios. Keep it cinematic. Bye-bye. Bye.